0: The Tech Today podcast is brought to you by SSNC Technologies, a global market leading provider of cloud-based investment accounting software services in fund administration. SSNC's AI powered investment operations and accounting platform, Singularity, provides real-time, multi-basis accounting across a wide range of asset types with unparalleled automation and operational efficiency. Singularity is offered on a software as a service basis or via smart source. SSNC's intelligent middle and back office accounting service. For more information, visit ssctech.com forward slash singularity. Welcome to the Tech Today podcast, powered by CEO Rater. It's your host, John Maietta. Visit us online at CEORater.com, where you may anonymously rate your CEO, rate your company. We are Glassdoor on steroids. More than that, we're a million times better than Glassdoor. Visit us at Tech Today for the latest in technology and capital markets related content. I had intended to record this podcast over the weekend. Got sidetracked, probably a good thing because I was doing a lot of ranting and raving about the Fed and its behavior over the past few weeks, several months, spending like drunken sailors, creating zombie companies, creating moral hazard, both on Main Street and in corporate America. Lots of unintended consequences, creating bubbles all over the place. Real estate bubbles, corporate debt bubbles, fixed income credit market bubbles, and of course the equity market bubble, which defies all logic. And today, a friend sent me some content uh, last week, and then today on the same subject, CNBC reported that Fidelity had reported that in Q1 of this year, 85% of all buy order activity was fractional trading. So retail investors who fractional trading is if you don't want to buy a, a whole share, maybe you can't afford to buy a share of Berkshire Hathaway. Many of the stocks that I cover aren't quite as expensive on a per share basis as is Berkshire, but in software land, you know, maybe a couple hundred bucks a share. So if you are a young retail investor, building up your net worth, fractional trading, works for you. And a lot of these robo-advisors, Fidelity, even Square, through I believe Cash App allows you to trade fractional shares, which makes a lot of sense as it relates to this equity rally over the past number of weeks that defies all logic. You have companies like American Airline, which I don't think will remain solvent, rally when the economy opens. And if you're a younger person, new to the markets, haven't had any formal equity research training, don't know how to read an income statement, balance sheet, statement of cash flows, and you're just doing surface-level work, you think, great, the economy's opening up, people are flying. You know, American Airlines is out of the woods, not knowing that it's really business travel, not leisure travel, that drives profitability. And that at 55% capacity, even 80% capacity, American Airlines is not out of the woods because its balance sheet is a mess. But the stock is doubled in a few days. Well, that explains why. Retail investors on steroids via fractional trading. Similarly, uh, AMC last week, management filed a, an 8K on Wednesday, I believe it was. And they said, hey, we may not survive the COVID pandemic. And that stock, I don't recall off the top of my head how much it's up. But it's 50, 60% thereabouts up off of that negative news. Should have traded down near zero. But instead it went up because the country is reopening. Even though we haven't had new releases in theaters. Anyway, so who do I blame? Not the the junior investor that's getting his or her feet wet. I blame the Fed for creating this moral hazard. For priming the economy with, with too much capital. Too much stimulus. Creating moral hazard. So we have a piece coming out tomorrow. Entitled The Forever Bubble Blowing Fed, where we suggest that the, the Fed's behavior in recent months is something out of a horror movie. And that the combination of low interest rates, expansionary monetary policy, um, you know, that was, was sort of first started back in the 08 crisis under former Fed Chair Bernanke, back when billions of dollars was a lot of money. And of course, under former Fed Chair Yellen. She continued the low interest rate, expansionary monetary policies. And now Powell has taken it to has taken it to new levels where he deals in trillions, not billions. And so we cover things like the fact that M two, the money supply, has grown appreciably. Grown appreciably over time, but especially under Powell. 18% in a matter of months. To where it sits today at eighteen trillion. Fed assets have spiked. 7.2 trillion as of June 3rd, up from approximately 4 trillion at calendar year end 2019. As the Fed has flooded credit markets with liquidity in an effort to combat COVID, which it has not effectively combated, instead, it's created moral hazard, as I mentioned earlier, both Main Street and among, amongst companies, created zombie companies, and by extending PPP. So what are we looking at now? 24 weeks to deploy that capital. You're just extending the life of some of these zombie companies. You've locked up quality labor in terms of those workers who are tethered to these zombie companies. You've certainly materially delayed the duration of what would have been a a natural economic healing process that happens that occurs during a downturn where credit tightens a bit where you have bankruptcies, which aren't the worst thing in the world. You know, If American Airlines went bankrupt tomorrow, it would still fly. It would still operate. It would have to restructure. It would have to shrink. But it would still have employees. And you'd have a prepackaged restructuring. And it would survive. And I certainly hope the airlines don't get another bailout. Just throwing good money after bad. And of course, the primary unintended consequence of... Um, the Fed flooding the economy with liquidity is the bubble in the credit and equity markets. On the equity side, you've got sort of a floor knowing that the Fed's going to step in. And I guess they may. we may get some guidance on tomorrow, Tuesday, or Wednesday, per Guggenheim. We may get uh, some formal extended Fed guidance. So we'll see. But the Fed has sort of backed itself into a corner with all of the outstanding debt It's got to keep interest rates low. That's a wet blanket on GDP. When interest rates are near zero, it's tough to find yield. Yield doesn't really exist. So what happens? Assets flood the equity market. Housing market, which the housing index is above where it was in the the old 408 bubble. Art. Classic cars. You create bubbles all over the place. Because you've got artificially low interest rates. Because you can't let interest rates sort of find an equilibrium because there's too much debt to service. You've got to artificially depress interest rates if you're the Fed. got a corporate debt bubble. I mean, that's what's happened in the past few weeks. We've, we've had a bubble, corporate debt bubble, coming out of, since coming out of the 0809 downturn. That's what drove all the uh, corporate buyback activity. That's how the airlines got in trouble um, I spent the past decade complaining about technology companies buying back shares. That's an abomination as far as I'm concerned. Technology companies ought to be acquiring other technology companies, investing in product development, slash R&D, sales and marketing, whatever the case may be. If your best use of capital as a CEO is to buy back stock, you probably ought not to be CEO of a technology company anyway. You're not running a bank. You're supposed to be driving innovation driving top-line growth, taking market share, conquering the competition. I know shareholders like it, but that, you know, if shareholders want the best for you truly over the long term, and you're a technology company, you've got to innovate. If shareholders are pushing you hard for a buyback, they're not there for the long term, obviously. They want a floor under their position for the short duration of their holding. What else do we cover in this article? It's not quite exhaustive, but it's fairly exhaustive. We talked about buybacks, the housing bubble. Yeah, well, it's true. If you look at the K. shiller Index, above 200 as of this spring, it last sat at those levels, or close to those levels, in 2007. And then, of course, the current equity market bubble, particularly the NASDAQ, at an all-time high. Just outrageous given the underlying fundamentals. So it is my hope that as we enter the Q2 earnings season, as companies inevitably talk about elongated sales cycles, customers coming to them and looking for favorable terms, um, deals getting pushed, hopefully that causes the market to let some air out of these outrageously high valuations. And we started to see that with some companies that reported April quarters where maybe they don't have the most mission critical software, more discretionary software plays, and you saw a little bit of a slowdown in bookings activity. And if you ask me that bookings activity, bottoms in June, very modest pickup in September, very modest pickup in December, very modest pickup or maybe a flat sequential in Q1 of 2021. It's not going to be this hockey stick that I see for a lot of analyst estimates, where Q3 has a pretty sharp recovery and Q4 is a sharp recovery, and all of 2021 is basically a normal year, where many of these companies are doubling, tripling the the rate of revenue growth over the week compare in, in calendar 2020. And that's not just that's not going to happen. Uh, business isn't going to just snap back. A lot of people out of work. Despite the better-than-expected jobs number, which I wasn't surprised by, I don't we don't at Tech Today forecast the jobs number. But in the coastal town where we're based, as places started to reopen in the middle of May, you could see activity pick up, particularly with restaurants. Which, if you read our piece last week, it was bars and restaurants that drove the the uptick in in jobs from month to month, from um, April to May as the country started to reopen. There's a lot of staffers that worked at bars and restaurants that were put on temporary leave, and I came back. And I can tell you things were very busy, Memorial Day week and Memorial Day weekend. And they've since slowed down a little bit, just in terms of the people that I see out and about. But that wasn't a shock, and I think June will be more of the same, and July will be more of the same. And maybe August. Maybe August is flattish in terms of summer travel and things like this. And in September, I'm not sure who's going back to school in September. But to me, the economy really starts to pick up when you have people back in the offices at scale and business travelers on planes at scale. Until that happens, I think the economy, economic activity, GDP, will be below 2019 levels. And that's not assuming a second wave of COVID in the fall, which if you listen to... Anthony Fauci's comments a few weeks ago, he said, it's not a question of if, but when COVID comes back in the fall. And then the second question will be, how strong does it come back? Is it a, you know, does it sort of come back and cover the country and you have this big peak early on or does it hit different pockets, different um, micro geographies of the country uh, at different times and you have sort of a, a rolling hill chart. And I know he's walked his comments back in recent weeks, but I think that's more pressure from Trump. I think his original comments were the authentic ones. And he wasn't the only person, the only uh, quote-unquote expert that's talked about COVID returning in the fall. So I fully expect it to return in the fall. But when I talk about a very, very gradual recovery, economic recovery, that's X a return of COVID, right? So uh, companies that deal with live sporting events and things like this, companies like Live Nation, those businesses aren't just going to snap back. I use them because they're sort of an extreme. And you could sort of visualize the example as I, as I talk about it. You know, if you're a live nation, how do you execute a world tour? If you're going to take out Beyonce, Taylor Swift, you are going to do a, a world tour. There's a financial burden associated with that. The cost of complying with COVID is material. That's one. And then the uh, COVID compliance is different depending on the city, the state, and the country. There's not just sort of a one-size-fits-all model, right? There's not a COVID blueprint. You've got to create all that from scratch. So there's a a cost associated with getting back online if you're in the concert business, getting back online if you're a a professional sports team, if you're a global organization and you want to deploy people back into offices. there's, There's a cost associated with that, and that's why people haven't done it. And then I'm sure CEOs and boards are concerned that, hey, by the time we sort of get it figured out, it's September, October, and now we potentially have another wave come through. So there's a, a of, of COVID, another COVID wave come through. So the, there's a a lot of uncertainty out there, and the answer isn't for the Fed to keep printing money and writing checks to companies. Yeah, it's less about monetary policy, and, and the and the answer, if anything, would be to put money directly in the hands of of consumers. But if consumers are concerned about their job, they're just going to hold on to that capital and pay rent and so forth, but they're not going to go make big-ticket purchases, uh, spend heavily on discretionary items, this type of thing. So I think it's best that from a fiscal policy standpoint, from a monetary policy standpoint, we just let this thing run its course and act responsibly as opposed to flooding the capital markets with liquidity or creating moral hazard amongst Main Street by writing checks. And then the result's going to be people potentially stay home and they're unproductive. They're collecting a check and they're on the couch. That's not good. a good outcome either. That's all for now. I'll see you next time. I'm forever blowing bubble.